Okay. Man, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, somebody, somebody put the funniest thing on Facebook. They, somebody did a video on what would it have been like if the, our, our spiritual forefathers, you know, the disciples and people in the Old Testament had cell phones. Funny. Oh, it was great. You know, they, they, these two guys are together and, hey, did you notice what James and John said? Boy, they sure gave the Lord a hard time. You know, it, it was, it, it goes on and on. It was, it was funny. You had to be there. So, and I need to be there. I need to get to Second Timothy. So, in a, in a minute, we'll be uh, ready, right? Okay. No problem. What's that? Okay, all right. Hey, if it if it doesn't if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's just the way it goes. So, by the way, you might have uh, you might have noticed something in coming through the double doors. If you happen to look up, there's a sign there now. It says this: "My house shall be called the house of prayer." You know. I put that up there for a reason. We're, we're all looking at what is going on. Amen? I, I'm, I'm telling you, all the truths that we have read in our Bibles, all the things we have learned from God's Word and from the God of the Word, and, and so much of what we've encouraged people, and we are recognizing this, in, in, in greater and greater degree. This world is not our home. We need to be preparing for eternity. And there are people here that need our prayer. Now, I know some people might say, well, you know, that's, I mean, you know, my house should be called the house of prayer. The Lord was talking about the temple, and we are, you know, th this isn't the temple. No, it isn't. But we are. Because we were told in God's word, ye are the temple of the living God. And we are gathered in this building. And Jesus said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. So in the days ahead, we're going to be encouraging ourselves even more about that. But folks, quite honestly, and I love how some people have responded, we need to be praying. I was actually thinking about this morning having us just gather here this morning uh, at the end, just, just gather up here and just pray here. I don't think I'm going to do that today. But I do want to encourage us of what we have in Christ and how we need to hold on to it. So, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's pray and we'll get going on this. So Lord, speak now, I ask. It's been an unusual morning. But Lord, you're a wonderful God. I pray that out of this, you would glean that which is 
so worthy of your attention and ours. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. When we start out in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, we hear familiar verses. And I'm not going to go into it big time right now because we're going to be going back to them. And just what Paul was pointing out to Timothy, just we'll see that in a certain light. But we know this, in the last days perilous times shall come. And the days are getting more perilous. And he talks about people and their walk and how there's wickedness in that walk. And then he says in verse 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And so sometimes people go, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how big I want to get into this, you know, this Christian walk thing. Yeah, you, you want to get into it. Because we have the same God, like we learned last week, we have the same God that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had, that Moses had, the disciples had, on and on and on. Verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But then Paul writes this to the young man, Timothy, verse 14, But continue thou, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Now, the Greek word that translates continue oftentimes gets translated as the word abide. In other words, remain under, remain there. Stay there. Don't go anywhere else. Abide, continue. We're going to see over the time how that is so worthy of our attention. Reference is made here to the things that Timothy has learned of Paul. One thing Timothy knows, that Paul learned these things from Christ. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, we read this, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, nor I neither, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Christ personally taught Paul. So when you're reading the letters to the churches, when you hear Paul preaching, the things that he preaches and he teaches are from Christ himself. These are not his musings. These are not his thoughts. We're getting it through Paul, straight from Christ. Now, when it comes to the person of Timothy, he also learned these things from his grandmother and then his mother. <laughs> In chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, 
Verse 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice or Eunice, however you want to pronounce that, and I am persuaded that in thee also. When it comes to that, Spurgeon made this comment. Happy, Timothy, to be thus prepared for the conflict with error. Happier still to be enabled by grace to remain steadfast in that truth which from a child he had been taught. Yet he needed to be exhorted to be steadfast, to be in steadfastness, and we do as well because we're going to be tempted to be drawn away. I mean, my soul, look what ha- look what happens to our culture when the power goes down. <laughs> These things happen, and let me ask you something. Do all of you all of a sudden want to rush out and buy an electric vehicle? I don't think so. No, not, not in this situation. But, you know... I, I, I mean, you start thinking about the things that are in your freezer, in your refrigerator, you know, it, whatever. All of a sudden, there's no power. You can't turn on the TV to see what's what's happening. Maybe you know around the area what's going on. Now I know. Well, we've got battery and stuff. I understand that, but batteries only last so long. The point is this: we wind up in times that become stressful. Question. Who are we going to trust? Now, to me, this place needs to be a place of prayer because we as a people need to learn not only from what we have gone through in the last two and a half years, but what we will continue to go through and we will see and hear Challenges, difficulties, loss of freedom, people that are doing stuff that, wait a minute, you can't do that. This is the United States of America. We have a constitution. They're not paying attention. But you know who is paying attention? Our God. And our God gave us His Word. And in His Word... The words speak truth, and they give promise. And so, just like Timothy, we need to be encouraged. Continue. Be steadfast. Another commentator that I go to at times, Adam Clark, he gave this sobering warning here. No man however well instructed in the things of God or grounded in divine grace is out of reach of temptation, apostasy, and final ruin. Hence, the necessity of watching unto prayer. Folks, we love you. We are here for a reason. There are Those, again, that in church after church after church, they walk away. They're no longer here. They're no longer there. That hurts to see. But my God is real. 
And in his word, we know what's coming. And you know something? We need to remain steadfast. But the only place we can stay steadfast is in him, in his book. It starts with the Bible. That realization that is given later on, just a couple of verses later in this, in this passage, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, complete, truly furnished unto all good works. Because there's coming a time when your faith will be challenged and you won't be here and the cell phone won't work. But there will be people that will be challenging you in your walk. And they will want to know, why are you being so stupid to hold on to that antiquated, old-fashioned, worthless, quote-unquote, religion? I'll tell you why. Because I agree with the Bible. Thy word is truth. That's why. Because when you discern it, when you go through it, when you recognize the fact that time after time after time, it has endured the challenges. I, I love it. I got a, uh, I got an article just recently. Because you know what? You know, you hear from certain people that ah, nobody believes in creation. He says, I've got a list of 1,200 scientists that have signed on. One, we don't believe in evolution. Two, we believe in intelligent design. And many of those people, they say, it comes from a God. It comes from the God. In the beginning, God. That's what we believe. There comes the time when that kind of faith gets challenged. But we need to understand this. Number one, faith, that kind of faith, must be fed. First Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. The word needs to be ingested and digested. If you are looking at, quote-unquote, Christianity and saying, you know, it's just, I mean, those people let me down, as I that, and all that, and you're not in the book, no wonder. You can't ascertain the truth of God's word at a distance. This book needs to be open. I'm going to believe what God told Joshua. Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. People say, boy, that's a lot. You know, I'll never forget, and we weren't, please, do not misunderstand. We were not perfect parents. I was not a perfect father. But by the time Heather turned four years old, she had 45 verses memorized from the Bible, including Joshua 1.8. 
the right after she turned three years old, she could rattle Joshua 1.8 off. You know, I'm so glad now that we spent time with the kids in the Word of God. They had tough times, but you know what? God's been good. And He can be good for all the kids because we can still pray, Mom, Dad, Grandma, Grandpa, and all God's people said, I'm telling you it's worth it. Psalm 1-2, but His, who? The man of God. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. I don't know about you, but the older that I've gotten, the more I'm meditating day and night in God's word. And I'm telling you, when the world is going the way it is, we need to be stopping and thinking, all right, Lord, what is it you want me to see here? Now, I, I, I don't want to put my own stuff in. There are people that have different ideas of different things that have taken place. We're talking about the spiritual warfare. David in Psalm 119, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. In other words, continue. So faith must be fed if we are to continue. But secondly, faith will be fought against. Isn't it amazing that if somebody wants to put a, a book in a public library that has, that has at its core lifting up the God of heaven, that gets shut down right and left, but it seems like everywhere you turn, they're putting on a drag show. And I'm telling you, when I saw that situation where there was someone, and I don't know what kind of someone it was, was marching a two-year-old child around and barely, I mean barely, really, some people would say, no, they were naked. That's wicked. It's incredible what is being seen as okay or tolerable in America. We have turned into Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, wait a minute, they're not knock, they're not banging on the doors. <laughs> oh yeah, they are. They've banged on the school doors. They have banged on the church doors. And some of the churches have let them in. They're banging on the doors of politics and they have been let in. No, we're Sodom and Gomorrah. We're Sodom and Gomorrah. Faith will be fought against. It will be challenged. It happened when Christ was here on earth. Matthew 21, 23. And when he was come into the temple, the chief priests and elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? We'll be challenged. What makes you think you can preach and teach what, you, what you're preaching and teaching? Thus saith the Lord. But not everybody's a Christian. No, but they ought to be. And in fact, when eternity comes, they're going to wish they had. This is where it's getting to. This is where it's getting to. You know, we were talking about, you know, 
military. 50 years ago, right now, I was in Happy Valley, USA, otherwise known as Lackland Air Force Base. And you know, it blows me away to stop and think about this. 50 years ago, in the Air Force, the first Sunday that you're there, everybody had to, everybody had to go to the service, but then after that, you didn't have to go to a service. So we walked in, sat down, and they started the service. There were two go-go dancers. I kid you not. There were two go-go dancers on the platform, and they rocked out to the tune of the Lord's Prayer. One of the most vile guys that was in my flight, I mean, he was not a Christian, and I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to tell you how exactly we knew that. He turned around and looked at me and said, this is blasphemous. Even he had the brains for it. There's going to be people that are going to attack one way or another what we do. If it's right, they're going to say, who gave you this authority? If it's wrong, they'll use it to glorify their wickedness. It's going to be challenged. It happened when the apostles went forth, Acts 4.1, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Isn't it interesting now that for years, for years, you can mention God, but don't you dare mention Jesus. You know why? Because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Because it's at the name of Jesus that we are saved. And Satan hates it. I'm telling you, it is amazing how we can see the spiritual warfare. But there are some people that are still going, nah, no, nah, don't see it at all. No, no, nip, nip. No, people have got freedom here. No problem. People got religious freedom. No, we don't. Not like we used to. Not like we ought to. Amazing. When they contest about the world, the word today, you stop and consider, in the beginning, God. The very first verse in the Bible, Satan went after it, attacking it. Genesis 1.27 so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Satan has gone after that. And by the way, folks, it is not hateful. It is not hateful to tell somebody God made them male and female, and it's God that did it, and mankind can't change it. It's not hateful to say no. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Period. It's not hateful to say that. Boy, you've got a hateful religion. No, let me tell you something. One day you're going to realize that that is the most loving thing that you'll hear from somebody because the same God that made them male and female loved you so much, he sent his son to die on the cross. That's where we're at. 
So, when it comes to God's truth, continue. When it comes to standing for him, continue. There's going to be things that are corrupted. Jude, verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. In other words, continue. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You stop and consider this. The majority of religion today that comes in the name of Christ says you need to save yourself. It's by works. Except the Bible does not say that. It says it is not of works. We are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. But the majority of places that say they're gathering under the name of Christ, they say, no, it's up to you. That's called corrupted. Faith will be challenged, corrupted, or just flat out cast aside. We know the passage, John 6. We've been there. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard that he had said this, <coughs> this is a hard saying, who can hear it? What was that? Hey, except you take my flesh, eat my, eat my flesh, take my blood, you have no part in me. He was talking about his, the time when he would come and die on the cross, unless you partake of that. And then, of course, Demas, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this special, this, this, this present world. So Paul tells Timothy, continue. Go to the first verse there in 2 Timothy 3. Go to the first verse. Paul tells him, continue, in spite of the culture, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. In other words, they have no self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, <clears throat> lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, this is a fascinating read, but we're not going to go deep into it now. But denying the power thereof from such turn away. This is what people will be growing up in, and it will get worse and worse. But Paul tells Timothy, continue anyway, in spite of the confrontations. Look at verse 8. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. 
but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. We've got people that are standing in front of cameras right now and reiterating lie after lie after lie in the political realm, and they know it in things of recent history, and they know it, but they're lying anyway. But the truth is, it started happening a long time ago when it comes to truth in God's Word. They have the Bible, they've read the Scripture, but they still say, you're saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. You can't do it. You you know, you're saved by belonging to a particular church. No, friend. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. You don't work for a gift. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We know that. And the truth is, they know it. But you know, if you've got a bent to control people, it's amazing how you can distort and twist and lie. They do it in the political realm. They do it in academia, and they do it in religion. That's why we need to encourage ourselves with this. The Bible interprets itself. Never forget that. I don't need to give you any writings from anybody else except God's Word if you want to know truth. There is no one out there, male or female, that is writing truth that you need this to understand this. Wrong. Wrong. So Paul tells him, continue, in spite of the the culture, in spite of the confrontations, look at verse 12, in spite of the consequences, like we've already seen, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer, persecution. There are times we'd love to know the future, specifically what's going to happen. And then there are times I'm glad I don't. (laughs) You ever been there? But you know, isn't it fascinating though? Our God, time and time and time again, gives us promises. He didn't have to spend time with the three Hebrew children saying, now, now listen, guys, this is what's going to happen. But, but, it, but it's okay. I'm going to be with you. He didn't have to do that. They knew their God. Daniel knew his God. So many in Israel knew their God. The disciples learned their God through Christ. And that's why they could stand in front of those men that eventually did everything they could to put them to death. And they said, the disciples, sorry, but we ought to obey God rather than man. They just simply continued. In spite of the consequences, despite all that, Paul is saying, continue in the faith. When God's word is taught and heeded, it makes an incredible difference. Paul reminded Timothy 
based on what he had witnessed. Look at verse 10. Continue, Timothy, because of my work. Verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. And folks, he'll do it here. Face it. As Americans, we have rejoiced in the heritage that we have as Americans. But now, people in higher levels are saying, it's wrong for you to say American. It's amazing. People that think they know so much are just drop-dead ignorant. Purposefully. I praise God for what the Lord gave us. But the greatest thing the Lord gave us was his salvation. And all God's people said, let's keep preaching. Because of God's word. Look at verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known this holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, we've heard these verses so often we don't stop and think about it. Let's stop and think this morning. Look at the next verse. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Whammo! First of all, right there. You know what? That book comes from the best source in the universe. I mean, numero uno, praise God, here we are. But then it says, and is profitable. You notice the fourfold step here. It's not just It's not just one area. It's all the areas we have questions on. For doctrine, teaching. Now, now catch this. How many of you, when, uh, when you were growing up, you only had to learn three things? How many of you had to learn a little bit more? How many of you are waiting for a time when a pastor preaches something and he doesn't start asking you questions, so we've got to raise our hand, put it down. Here's the the point I'm trying to make. If it has anything to do for eternity and our Christian walk right now, our God gives us the doctrine. So, first of all, we know this. That doctrine, that teaching is plentiful. It's enough. It's more than enough. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. But how many of you, no, I'm not going to ask that question like that. We all messed up, right? We all sinned, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But even after we were saved, we sinned. You know what else this book does? It tells us where we messed up. So, the book is not only good for doctrine, but the book, the Word of God, is good for reproof. Oh man, I just read something and it's convicting. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You you might be able to whistle in the dark 
when it comes to being with people. But if you're by yourself and you're reading the word of God and it says something and it's like, oh boy, I messed up. Oh man. If I, you know, if I say something wrong to my wife, there are scriptures that literally take on a human face and they're looking right at me. Uh, and so I go hide in the closet. No, I don't. But you know what I mean? And by the way, that reproof is necessary because you and I do not want sin in our lives, in our families, in the church, wherever it might be. We don't want that. So he goes on. Again, we don't, we, we, we don't stop and think of this sometimes. So it's good for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Hey, praise God. You ever had your GPS on, on your phone? And you're following it along, and all of a sudden, you realize you just flew by the exit you were supposed to take. And so you know what happens? Mr. Google, or, you know, or Mr. Garmin, whoever it is, goes, that's all right. I'll reroute you. You can get back to where you're supposed to be going. I'm telling you, we get so lazy sometimes. I don't know. I, I do. But you know what the word of God does? Hey, you messed up. You sinned. This is what you do now. There's correction. There's instruction then also in righteousness. So doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. So what it's saying is this. Doctrine, walk this way. Reproof, you're walking this way and you ain't supposed to be doing it. Correction, all right, this is how you turn around and you start going this way. Instruction in righteousness, this is how you stay going the right way. In other words... That's how you continue. Now, can I ask you something? And I don't want to raise of hands and all that. But folks, we're starting the year 2023. Do you think there's a good possibility that very soon down the road we could be standing before the Lord? I got to thinking about this this morning. That even if I had some, you know, some, some good health, I could be seeing the Lord within 10 years. I don't see myself here at 85. You, you, you realize that? And how many of us recognizing, recognizing that we're going to be standing before him, how many of us want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant? I, I, I tell you, I get concerned when I hear somebody who names the name of Christ, says, well, it doesn't matter to me as long as I get there. He's Lord, folks. He's Lord. So, when it comes to this thing of continuing, 
it ought to be important to us. Recognize. Please, because of God's word, recognize this. Recognize the importance of the book that sits in your lap. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by just cleaning your ears out. No, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by getting excited. No, faith doesn't come that way. It comes through this book. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's the importance of this Word. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing uh, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I hate to tell you something. But the Holy Spirit knows right now, if you have this attitude inside of you, come on, preacher, just be quiet. I want to go home. I'm not going to have you raise your hand about that. But I have been in situations where it's like, preacher, I already got your point. Let's move on so we can move on. I'm just trying to encourage us in this. Continue. Folks, when we get reminded, when we come in from now on, when we come through those double doors, this is a place of prayer. This is where God's people come together. The born-again ones, the ecclesia, the called-out ones. The Word of God, that's what we listen to. And it is Powerful. I'll never forget hearing this illustration from many years ago. During the time that it was under communist rule, in a Moscow theater in Russia, there was a man who was well-known, a matinee idol, millions of people knew him, Alexander Rostovitz, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He was in a play that was a sacrilegious play entitled Christ in a Tuxedo. True story. True story. He was supposed to read two verses from the Sermon on the Mount and then remove his gown and say, give me my tuxedo and my hat. But then he read these words in front of this huge audience. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now recognize, he's reading this now. He knew he was going to be reading it, everything else memorized, but he's reading this and he's seeing the word of God in the word of God. And he began to tremble. And he kept reading. And there were the taps of the feet and the the clearing of the throats as people are trying to tell him, hey, it's over. He kept reading Matthew 5. And finally, he recalled a verse that he had learned 
in the church when he was a child. And as the curtain came down, because they couldn't let him keep reading, as the curtain came down, he cried out, Lord, remember me when thou enterest into thy kingdom. Can you imagine being there in a godless nation when a guy seeking to mock Christ starts reading and all of a sudden he starts falling apart and as the curtain comes down, he trusts Christ as his Savior? That's what I call a church service. Man, you think about that. But that's the power of the book that's in your lap. That's amazing. On man's viewpoint. But I tell you what, I praise God because that book has done incredible work in me. And now the God of that word looks me in the eye and looks you in the eye and says, continue. Not in the world, not in the flesh, in what I have called you to, in the faith, continue. Recognize, recognize the importance of the God who inspired this book. We're almost done. I, I still love, I, you know, every day this last week, I still meditated. Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, thou art my God. Psalm 33, 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Psalm 8.1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Psalm 9, verse 1, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Psalm 66.4, all the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. You realize that every knee one day is going to bow and every tongue will confess? Do you realize that God showed his mercy to you? You are in Christ and you can prepare for that time now and rejoice in it. Heaven and hell will bow before him. But like Bob says in his, in the thing that he does online, after you die, after you go through death's door, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. Whatever decision you've made, and you better be serious about that decision. So, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. You know, there's a to-do list. I, I, I live by to-do list. Many of you probably do too. Psalm 105 is the best to-do list you'll ever find. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. In other words, continue. Let's pray.